3: Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talked to Clean Farms, a nonprofit group for recycling farm container waste. The program recycles grain bags, farm chemical plastic containers, and several other items. We talked to the extension agrologist in Swift Current, where seeding progress is advancing rapidly. Rural municipalities president ray orb joins us to discuss new rural road funding from the province and we have the latest rundown on feeder cattle markets the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour
0: this is saskatchewan agriculture today
3: with 620 ckrm agri news director jim smalley this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank 306-721-6667. The non-profit Clean Farms says farmers are recycling more and more plastic containers. Western Region Business Manager for Clean Farms Shane Hederson says the 2020 annual report shows a significant rise in the amount of discarded plastic farm chemical containers going to collection locations for recycling.
2: Our 2020 annual report was just released and, you know, it's, there's a lot of good information in there and, and some really surprising uh, results from the last year, you know, all in the face of, you know, a global pandemic. And some of the, the key numbers, I think, that are, are really important. Well, first of all, we've seen an increase in collection in, in most of our programs, uh, even in the face of a, a global pandemic, which really speaks to the fact that despite anything else that's happening in the world, farmers still care about their land, the environment, and are great stewards when it comes to waste management and, and recycling. 5.5 million pesticide and fertilizer jugs last year where we were collecting. That's, that's about on par from the, the previous year, which is excellent. But what we did see is uh, a, an increase in our annual collection rate from for about 10 years we were plateaued at about 65 percent collection and uh, this past year we topped uh, 71 percent collection of of empty pesticide and fertilizer jugs so it's a huge improvement we use a three-year average uh, recovery rate just so that it takes into account the differences uh, year to year in the agricultural cycles and, and that sort of thing. But uh, it's a huge, huge achievement for the, the farmers across Canada, so big kudos there. Some of the other interesting numbers, this one's Saskatchewan-specific, uh, where we have the grain bag collection program in Saskatchewan. We've seen collection numbers actually double from 2018 when the program started to last year, to 2020. You know, last year there was over 2,500 metric tons of grain bags that were, were collected in Saskatchewan alone, so huge numbers um, otherwise, we we also collected about sixty-one thousand uh, drums and totes across Canada. Those are the ones that aren't uh, refilled and reused. Uh, the ones that are we call them non-deposit. They don't have a deposit associated with them. Uh, sixty-one thousand of them across the country. Those range from you know two hundred liter drums up to a thousand liter cage totes. So really, really big numbers coming out uh, all across Canada.
3: What do you attribute the increase interest in recycling, in, in, you know, getting rid of this off the farm?
2: You know, it's a a good question. I think that there are, are several different factors at play. One fact is that you know we now have five permanent collection programs for different materials all across the country. So rewind to about 10 years ago when we only had a couple of, of programs that were available to farmers we're increasing the amount or the, the types of materials that can be recycled. you know they say the rising tide lifts all boats uh, the more materials that can be recycled are, are getting recycled and it makes it easier for for growers to sustainably manage. Everything, all of their waste, not just, just bits and pieces. So I think that's one aspect. Another aspect, you know, you can't really turn on the news these days without seeing news about plastics pollution and, and what's happening with plastics. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue that's top of mind, recycling and, and waste management. Uh, and you know, that's to say farmers across Canada have also been, been doing this for, for many years and what we've shown here with The success of new programs is that uh, if you build it, they will come and uh, farmers want to do the right thing. They want to they want to have access to these programs. And when they do have access to these different programs, they're participating in in droves.
3: What recycling programs so for Saskatchewan in 2021 do you have?
2: So for 2021, we've got all of the usual suspects that have been operating for many years. The jug collection program for empty pesticide and fertilizer jugs, the drums and totes, as I mentioned, can be returned to the, the retailer where they were purchased. The Obsolete Pesticide and Livestock Medication Program, so uh, for old and unwanted uh, pesticide and livestock medications, will be operating in the northern half of Saskatchewan this year at 20 different collection sites in the fall. So we ask farmers if you are cleaning up this summer and, and fall and you come across any old and unwanted products that you don't want, hold on to them. And watch the news. Talk to your local retailers. That information will be coming out, you know, over the, the course of the summer, where those collection locations will be, uh, and they can be dropped off free of charge. And then, of course, the uh, the grain bag program that I alluded to. We've got just about 40 collection sites across the the province of Saskatchewan where growers can, uh, you know, they roll up their grain bags once they're finished with them, drop them off free of charge at one of the participating municipal collection sites, and uh, they get taken off to uh, various recyclers in in Canada uh, and in the U.S. and uh, get made into new products like plastic bags and, and construction sheeting and that sort of thing. Last, year, in 2020, we actually had to postpone uh, a new program that's starting up in Western Canada it's for the collection of seed and pesticide bags. The like, pandemic kicked off early in the spring. Uh, retailers were were reacting to the news, and 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 we actually postponed our collection of that program. But that's going to be rolling out across Western Canada, and it's going to be available at uh, almost all the retailers across the province of Saskatchewan this spring. So if growers do have empty pesticide and fertilizer bags, talk to your local Retailer about whether or not they're participating in that program and uh, bring them back for for safe disposal uh, if, if possible.
3: Jane Hederson is the Western Region Business Manager for Clean Farms, a nonprofit recycling program for farm products.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today
3: with Jim Smalley on six twenty CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eaves Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieavestroughs.ca, Ducks Unlimited, and Co op Hail Insurance. Co op Hail Insurance have been there for farmers for over 75 years. And they'll be there for you. Seeding is advancing rapidly across southwest Saskatchewan. The crops extension specialist in Swift Current, Shannon Chant, estimates about half the crop is in the ground. She says most of the area needs moisture.
1: The average I'd say is about fifty to fifty-five percent. If you get down a bit more south and a bit more east in the Kincaid area, probably around seventy-five percent, but it depends on there's kind of pockets seventy-five and some areas that are fifty. So overall, probably about half done.
3: And how is the soil moisture?
1: Unfortunately for some places not very good. Um, There was rain forecast over the weekend and there wasn't really much that came out of it unfortunately. It depends on where you are though. There was some rain if you go a little bit south and east of Swift Current, so, and already got some rain in Valmarie and a few other areas, but Swift Current, north and east, didn't get a lot of moisture at all.
3: What are the main crops being put in right now?
1: From what I've heard, some of the cereals are in, um, some of the canola I've seen going in, so some of those are going in. Some of the lentils may have been left till a bit later. Some peas are in as well.
3: A lot of farmers then looking for moisture in the area?
1: Yeah, that would be uh, that would be great. Honestly, I think even if we could have some rain and not go for a day or two, I don't think anyone would complain about that. It's it's really dry in some places.
3: Any idea when you expect them to wrap up seating in the Southwest?
1: Some guys are actually already finished, so probably in the next couple of weeks ago. Because some people are just. Getting going, too, so that it's a bit of a range out there, but I'd guess in the next couple of weeks should probably get some progress. I mean, hopefully hopefully there's some rain in there, so maybe that's a bit longer, but we'll see what happens.
3: Did the weather affect any seating plans at all, intentions?
1: Uh, not that I've heard. I did get a question about there has been a little bit of cooler temperatures overnight. Like the forecast was minus two last night and it's minus two tonight. So not too cold overnight. But I did get a question too about seeding pulses versus cereals. Kind of what impact is the frost on those crops?
3: Shannon Chant is the crop extension specialist in Swift Current.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM.
4: This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at school.com.
5: Karen Ustroff here with RealAgriculture.com. I recently had the opportunity to catch up with Jack Payne, who's a grow team advisor with FCL.
6: Well, I guess what we look at, Karen. I guess first of all, when we talk about abiotic, we're talking about things that are environmental. <clears throat> so part of that, first one comes to mind is moisture. And uh, you know, I, last year I saw in Alberta anyway, quite a range. You know, we had areas that were very dry in May. We had other areas in north and central Alberta that were flooded out. And what I saw was really um, where moisture, soil moisture and seeding depth come into play. So for example, I mean, that that's always a good argument. If you want to get an argument between agronomists, What's the, be- what's the best seeding depth for canola? <laughs> Is it half an inch? Is it three quarters of an inch, an inch? You'll get, you'll get varied opinions. Well, what I saw last year with, with canola, it was very dry in May. It was extremely dry. And what I saw in some fields were uh, places where the grower had uneven seeding depth. And at a half an inch, some of that canola was stranded in dry soil, wasn't germinating. Other areas where he had where seed a little deeper got down to an inch some of that canola hit moisture and started to germinate. So what we saw was uneven emergence. Now what happened was the flea beetle pressure. Now we we start putting in a biotic stressor, which is biological, and because there were, let's say only 50% emergence of your stand, Those flea beetles came out and they just absolutely hammered those first few plants that came out of the ground. But always check your seeding depth to make sure that you're trying to get as uniform emergence and and planting depth as possible so that you've got more uniform emergence. On the other hand, what I saw in some other fields was the same situation with uneven uh, planting depth was that in in a, uh, let's say in an area that was very moist, what happened was the shallow seeded canola at half an inch was the first to emerge because it was shallow. The other uh, plants that were down an inch and a quarter inch and a half hadn't emerged yet so we had the same effect with flea beetles only this time was the shallow plants that came up first had had very spotty emergence flea beetles ganged up on those plants and just absolutely hammered them so too deep too shallow depending on the area that you're in and again depending upon soil moisture so Seeding depth is is hugely critical for for uniform emergence with canola. So when you're
5: looking at that seedling survival and it's coming out out of the ground, how do you tell, is there any way to tell the difference between abiotic stressors and biotic stressors? Because ID'ing that is sometimes difficult too.
6: Well, when it it comes to abiotic, let's say for example, because there are some areas that were very dry, When you don't see any uh, emergence, uh, you don't even see the seed coat splitting, uh, you know that you've got a problem with a lack of germination, a lack of moisture for germination. Um, Soil temperature is another factor that comes into play if you've had extremely cold uh, temperatures. Um, Whether or not you get uh, fertilizer injury now, again, injury from fertilizers usually is amplified when you've got dry soil because I call it the healing power of moisture. Usually you can get away with a lot higher rates of seed-placed fertilizer when you've got better soil moisture conditions. So oftentimes dry conditions lead to a perfect storm. You've got less water imbibed by the plant to germinate to begin with. Uh, You've got more uh, potential for toxic um, uh, problems from the fertilizer being seed-placed. So dry conditions tend to lead to that perfect storm of emergence problems. moisture again you can have too much of it uh, and you can end up with, with seedling diseases and, and, and that sort of thing but typically dry conditions are going to probably give you more problems with emergence than if you're too wet
5: and now if you're looking at things like you know we're, we're, we're standing in the in a field full of wind right now yeah. uh, wind shear is there anything that can be done if, you're, if your little plants are coming up and?
6: well I, I guess Carrie it goes back to the, the days when we talked about direct seeding um, you know we, we have seen a of a shift towards more cultivation more tillage in our in our cropping systems and when you kind of look you know behind me there's very little cover at the soil surface Uh, i remember back in the days when i worked with alberta agriculture we were doing so much work with direct seeding and we were actually taking wind measurements on a day like today but you could actually see the microclimate effect when you had that standing stubble that those seedlings, the wind uh, was was much reduced at the ground level because the stubble was actually acting as a shelter belt.
4: This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's
3: your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch, real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit MooseJawTruckShop.com. We're looking at mainly sunny sky today, a high of 19, the low plus 4. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 21, the low 4 again. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 7. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 21, the low 6. Saturday partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 7. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 17, the low 6. Monday, partly cloudy and a high of 19. Normal high, 19. The normal low is 3 degrees. The sun rose at 5.16 this morning. It sets at 8.33 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Nipawin, at 21 degrees. And the cold spot, even further north, Uranium City, at plus four. Estevan and Saskatoon are 18. Swift Current, 16. Weyburn, 18. Yorkton is 19. In Regina with sunny sky, it's 18. That's 64 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-southwest at nine. Humidity is 19%. The barometric pressure is dropping 102.5. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 18. Winds are from the south-southwest at 21, gusting to 31. Once again, Regina, sunny and 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
2: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620
3: CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com, And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. SARM President Ray Orb welcomes this year's funding for the province's Rural Integrated Roads for Growth program. A total of 69 RMs will receive $25.7 million for rural road improvements with the budget of $15 million augmented by additional spending to rebuild 100 roads over three years, Orb says the funding program is important for rural businesses like agriculture, energy, and forestry.
4: Our I R G program is really important to rural Saskatchewan. That's uh, you know where we get a lot of our uh, our funding. Uh, you know we have a lot of roads, uh, a lot of a lot of miles of roads uh, that need repair, and uh, this is uh, going a long way to help that problem of infrastructure that's really, you know, in a bad state of repair that needs uh, rebuilding.
3: These roads are for economic development, correct?
4: You know, in, in the case of agriculture, of course, you know it's, it's to haul livestock on, uh, to haul grain. Uh, the forest industry, you know, uh, a lot of lumber is moving right now. Uh, the mining industry as well. It's uh, you know a busy
3: time in rural Saskatchewan. So this is a provincial program that provides what up to half the construction costs. It's up to fifty percent, and it's up
4: to five hundred thousand dollars on any project. So you know it it goes a long way to help. We're always lobbying for more funding we're lobbying for more from the province and from the federal government as well but this funding you know that the province announced uh, it's great
3: news does it go mainly for roads or other infrastructure
4: this funding is for roads so they've you know they picked out a certain number of roads and uh, that will go
3: towards uh, road repair. This is 69 rural municipalities receiving funding so is this a program that continues next year? This is actually a
4: phase uh, in the there are three different phases in infrastructure funding so this I believe is phase three of the um, of the funding so we've already had announcements for two phases this is the third one and it's it's over a period of years so that's not only only, um, you know, we're not only going to build roads this year, but we're going to build roads
3: next year and the year after. And again, the main use of these roads is is agriculture, uh, energy, and and other rural businesses? Yeah, rural business.
4: I mean, you know, we've got a lot of business out there. We've got value adding, you know, we've got processing, we have uh, some manufacturing and things like that. You know, we also we have a certain amount uh, of agritourism and things like that. Uh, some agroforestry as well, and more in the northern part of the province, uh, you know, of the, the crop production area, and, and that funding all goes towards those important things. Really, now, part of our economic recovery, uh, uh, when we get out of the COVID-19, uh, you know, the pandemic totally, uh, we we still need to rebuild. We still need to make sure that that's better industries, you know, are are kind of running on all cylinders, and that funding goes towards that.
3: Ray, it's pretty dry in much of the province. Is they're much concerned among rural rural councils people, uh, you know, they're still they're seeding, or
4: if they haven't started, they will soon be started. I think it's pretty general, you know, in, in most of the grain-producing uh, areas of the province. It's, uh, you know, it's got to be a concern, I know it's a concern as well for the for the roads, uh, you know, getting very dry. Um, I think, for the better part, the, the greater operators would be getting uh, sort of caught up, you know, we're not running into any wet weather. However, we're looking forward to some showers. I don't know have you know a lot of people believe in the farmer's almanac but um i was looking at it this morning and it shows that june uh is uh looking like more of a month where we would get some showers but we need some you know significant rain however i think good seating right now although there are some reports the topsoil is getting very dry so showers of any kind would be welcome right now or perhaps in the next couple of weeks for sure
3: That's Ray Orb, the president of SARM. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed during the past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says feeder steers were mixed and heifers were mostly lower during the past week.
5: Well, we saw a little, little bit of mixture again this past week. So feeder steer prices were mixed across all the weight categories when compared to prices reported the previous week. So largely Price increase we saw for the steers was in the 400 to 500 pound weight category. Those guys went up $2.17 per hundred weight to end the week, averaging $252.67. The largest price decrease we saw was in the 700 to 800 pound weight category. Those guys went down $1.55 per hundred weight to end the week, averaging $196.25. When we look at the 800 to 900 pound weight category. They ended the week with an average price of $181.31. When we look at the feeder heifer prices, they were... More mostly the lower side, I guess, cross the report weight categories. So the only price increase saw for the heifers was in the 400 to 500 pound weight category. Those girls went up 17 cents per hundred weight to end the week, averaging $208.50. When we look at the, the largest price decrease, it was seen in the 300 to 400 pound weight category. Those girls went down $11.25 per hundred weight to end of the week, averaging $204.50 per hundred weight. When we look at the 800-plus pound weight category there, they ended the week with an average price of $161.31 per hundred weight.
3: And what were the main factors affecting the feeder cattle prices?
5: Well, we've got a similar story last week. Um, although feed grains did stay steady this week at $7.29 a bushel, based on the Lethbridge, but the dollar also going up, settling at just over 82 cents on Friday. So all of that kind of put some pressure on those cash markets.
3: What were marketings?
5: So Canfax reported a total of 10,700. 38 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week. That's down a little bit from 11,666 head the previous week, but higher than the 9,771 head marketed during the same week in 2020.
3: What happened with market-ready cattle prices?
5: So we saw the price for Alberta-fed steers was reported at $161.50 per hundred weight, and that went up $3.60 from the previous week. If we look at the price of live non-fed cattle, they were slightly lower week over week with the price of D2 slaughter cows Going down fifteen cents per hundredweight to average ninety six dollars and twenty five cents per hundred weight. With the slight, the price of D three slaughter cows saw a similar price decrease of twenty cents per hundred weight, and so they ended the week averaging eighty three dollars and ten cents per hundredweight.
3: Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source six twenty CKRM. Market update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboine and Avonlea. If you are Costco member get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now and brought to you by Sask Pork Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities find out more visit saskpork.com grain prices were mixed in early trading today canola fell 570 at 91177 number 1 red spring wheat gained 642 at 32252 the rest were unchanged. Durham two hundred ninety dollars twenty seven cents. Feed Barley two hundred ninety four sixty eight. Flax seven hundred twelve sixty three. Lentils seven hundred forty seven fifty. Oats two zero nine fifty three. Yellow peas three hundred eighty three seventy. Feed wheat two hundred thirty eight eighty four. The Minneapolis Spring Wheat July Futures are up fifteen cents at seven hundred sixty eight and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes.
7: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of May 11th. Our last regular sale was on April 28th. The market on butcher cattle has come up a few cents again, as it usually does this time of year. D1 and D2 cows sold from 88 cents to $1. 2 d D3 cows sold from 70 cents to 88 cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $1.15 to $1.30 our last pre-sorted sale for the spring was on April 26th. There won't be another until August 16th. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.46 and sold up to $2.57. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.36 and sold up to $2.54. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.26 and sold up to $2.41. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged 2 dollars 17 cents and sold up to $2.30. 6.50 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.07 and sold up to $2.25. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.93 and sold up to $2.12. And 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.76 and sold up to $1.91. Heifers were 20 to 30 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the
3: prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices.
2: Ham sold 8,200 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 228 to 243 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,400 head, selling in a range of 229 to 245 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 60 to 68 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is up and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was up 41 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2095. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 82.71 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash markets continue to move higher, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt up 35 cents, and National Formula variance higher by $1.30 U.S. 100 weight relative to the previous day.
0: Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on
3: 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And SMHI, landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost, Contact your RM office today. Municipal Hale, farmers, insuring farmers. Research led by the University of Saskatchewan and Michigan State University is looking at temporary beans the high protein legume common to the southwest u.s. may hold the key to adapting bean crops for the harsh conditions brought on by a changing climate researchers found that as the temperature rises to 27 degrees celsius at night which devastates current bean crops specific genes sensitive to heat stress in the temporary bean get activated protecting the plant Professor of plant breeding and genetics at the U of S Kirsten Bet says the tepary bean is very stress tolerant by 2050 the major regions growing common beans the most important legume protein source for humans may be unsuitable the research team sequenced the genome of the tepary bean to study the adaptation to changing temperatures disease remains a concern for the tepary bean and researchers are looking at how to transfer traits between the two species to improve bean vitality in extreme temperatures and and changing environment. Researchers are trying to develop tepary beans that grow in Saskatchewan and other dry areas. There are several teams in Canada and the U.S. on the project supported locally by Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. On the markets, the TSX is down 160 points at 19,201. The Dow has dropped 546 points at 34,196. Well, is up 32 cents at 65.24 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 7 one-hundredths of a cent at 82.68 cents US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by... By Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620
0: CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620ckrm.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything a 620 ckrm this podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides